This is Tech Talk for Accountant Show, where we discuss the hottest topics, tools, apps, and trends in the accounting industry. This show is sponsored by Rush Tech Support, who is offering all listeners of the show a free IT audit so you can know whether or not your business is at risk of being hacked, having a data breach, or getting fined hundreds of thousands of dollars for non-compliance. You can schedule a free check at rushtech.online slash podcast. And we are live once again with another episode of Tech Talk for Accountants Show. Your host, Andrew Lassise with Rush Tech Support. And with us today is Joe Brunsman. And Joe is an expert on insurance for accounting accountants and accounting firms, an expert in cybersecurity. And we've pre-show, we were discussing about how... Uh, you can be an expert and then you realize that there's only so much you know and just how deep all this stuff goes. So he's going to shine some light on maybe some myths and misconceptions people have about insurance, cyber insurance, and as it applies to the accounting firms. Um, And Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Andrew. Appreciate it. So how about for the people that aren't aware of your greatness, why don't you give them a little uh, background as to who you are, fellow Marylander, and um, mm-hmm. and what got you to this hot seat? Gotcha. So a uh, little bit about my background. I'm a former IT. I have a bachelor's in robotics from the Naval Academy. I've got a master's in cybersecurity law from the University of Maryland uh, Francis Carey School of Law. I work at Chesapeake Brokers where I'm the vice president. And we work with something around like 350 CPA firms uh, of really all sizes. So some really, really big players that everyone would know their names uh, down to like the smaller regionals and, um, you know, even into like the two to three person or partner uh, CPA firms from there. And then I've written, let's see, I've been published in uh, let's see, Journal of Accountancy, CPA Journal, uh, multiple times, or I'm also a peer reviewer for a lot of their technical stuff. Um, let's see, where else? Oh, I've also written uh, three books, contributed to a fourth, and uh, two of those books are specifically for CPA firms. So the first one is called True Course, all about insurance for CPA firms. So everything they probably never wanted to know about E&O insurance, if they have a wealth management component, the RIA side, excess insurance, DNO insurance, uh, pretty much everything you'd need to try and stay out of trouble as a partner. And then the book just on cyber insurance, only for CPA firms. So very, very niche specific book, uh, ranging from if you're a business associate of a covered entity under HIPAA to Gramm-Leach-Bliley Act and pretty much everything in between. So the regulatory side, as well as the cyber insurance side. So everything is built to keep those firms out of trouble as much as possible. And so a lot of the things that we see on the IT side, I'm sure you guys also run into with the insurance side where we'll, we'll hear a lot of times, I've never had a problem before. Therefore, this isn't something that I should spend money in. And my response is usually how many data breaches and times that you'd have to tell your clients that you got hacked, lost their information, their social security is now on the dark web. How many times would you prefer for that to happen before this becomes important? That's usually my response. What's your response? I'm, I'm assuming that you hear that. And if not, then you could just correct me. 
Yeah. So, you know, five years ago, uh, I was screaming into the wind apparently about cyber insurance. Cause I was like, Oh, this is, you know, everybody, you guys need this. It's really affordable. You got to do it. Um, you know, eventually you're going to get breached. Like nobody cared, nobody cared. Uh, and then last year alone, we dealt with at least two breaches a week, uh, just in our client base, the preponderance of which are CPA firms. So we've seen a lot of breaches. I don't think we have a single CPA firm that doesn't have cyber insurance now. Um, so it's kind of this like weird transition from nobody cared to everybody had to have it to people having a misconception on what it could do and what it couldn't do. Right now that's kind of changing back. So it was nobody wanted it, then everybody had to buy it. But, you know, I was out there once again, screaming into the wind, trying to explain to people, hey, there's limitations to what this insurance can do. And your best bet is to never use this, right? So like you need to buy it, but we need to think about how do you create that defense in depth? How do you have the appropriate controls, policies, procedures, et cetera, so that, you know, your cyber insurance policy, like that's a last resort. It's like your reserve parachute. You don't want to just have that be your default because uh, that's when bad things can happen. And it's, you're, you're right. You know, it's, will clients leave an accounting firm following a breach? Statistically, it's something like six-ish percent of clients. Um, in my experience, generally, the smaller the firm, the less likely those clients will leave because there's more of a, a personal relationship there. But then firms also have to consider one of the things we can't track is, okay, let's say you had a data breach uh, in January, right? And then April 15th comes around, you missed some type of election, right? So that, that client was already annoyed. You missed some election. Now they're annoyed again. Then the client leaves, right? It's, it's just one of those things where it's like, just don't, don't poke the bear. Don't poke the bear. And so, and this is, this is more for my understanding of it. Luckily we haven't had, you know, knock on wood, a firm of ours that experienced the data breach and needed to go down this road of needing that emergency parachute. And if you could just clear this up for, for my own understanding, if someone say they have cyber insurance and because they have that parachute in their eyes, they don't need to really focus on any of the actual security side because they have that parachute. Is it accurate that that the insurance company could point to, well, this is, this is like intentional negligence that you didn't do anything to protect yourself or is it, yep, you caught us. That's, you know, this parachute is exactly for that. Good thing you didn't protect yourself. What's sort of their stance on those? So even up to say like 10 months ago, uh, and this is going to sound insane, the cyber insurance market, like I could have a firm get breached and then I go at their renewal period, we get them a new cyber insurance policy. It's even cheaper than the one they had before they got breached, which was insane. Like imagine getting in a car crash and now yeah. your car insurance goes down, right? <laughs> this like, is that, perfect. <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. And so, you know, for me, like, this was just like a labor of love this whole time because I found it really, you know, personally very interesting and gratifying. Um, those days are over. Those days are absolutely over. So if you haven't been breached yet, you know, I'd say for the preponderance of firms, unless they're like a, say a regional or above firm, 
there's really no requirements per se that they have anything in place uh, to a large degree. Eventually, they're going to get breached. After that breach, uh, strap yourself in because now cyber insurance companies, they're going to mandate specific controls. And oh, by the way, that insurance is going to be a lot more expensive than it was before a breach. And so it's one of those things where the entire cyber insurance market is shifting where, you know, it's they've lost enough money. Um, And without keeping the names of the innocent out of it, uh, one very prominent cyber insurance company that everybody would know, right? For every dollar in premium that's going into that cyber insurance company, $1.70 is going out the door, right? It's just not sustainable uh, to a large degree. So, you know, a lot of the venture capital money that was flowing into the system was suppressing prices, keeping those questionnaires down, you know, not really, they were just trying to gobble up as much market share as they could. Those days are over, absolutely over. So I just say any firm out there, there's a couple things you have to consider. One, it's going to be required eventually anyways. So you might as well start now. Uh, two, there may be a legal requirement for you to be doing a lot of that stuff, right? So we could talk about reasonable cybersecurity controls, Gramm-Leach-Bliley Act, state level stuff. Um, but three, I, I think firms really, they underestimate how painful that process is, right? So it's not as simple as, you know, I'll do everything I can for my, my firms and my clients, right? To try and move that process along and keep it smooth. But one, you can't dictate when that breach is going to occur. And two, it takes a lot longer than you would think, right? So it could literally be weeks, even with the the appropriate insurance there, before you're actually back up and operating to generally the level you were before a breach. And I mean, it's hard to even quantify just the amount of stress and anxiety and pain that goes into that, you know, following a breach. I would just say every firm out there, um, if you're calling me more than once a year, something's wrong, right? Like that's probably not a good deal. You don't want to call me more than once a year. Uh, that's the barometer. <laughs> exactly. How, how often, like is Joe saved in your phone or is it a one-off is, is yeah. like the barometer of whether or not uh, this is, this is a good or bad idea. So, mm-hmm. So there aren't necessarily the controls. And I, I believe that we're in the same boat, that this is a yet and when this happens, not if. And we see a lot of this with clients. And this is before, it, for, for lack of better words, we stopped giving our clients the choice of how much protection they wanted because we've just, we've seen enough now to where it doesn't matter whether or not you think that you want to pay for backup. It's just included. And, you know, the anecdote of why we always included is we had a client and we'll skip the nerdy details, but essentially we knew her hard drive was going to crash soon and she was going to lose 30 years of business. We were very, very confident that it was going to happen Mm -hmm. and she didn't have backup and we gave her the quote for backup and her response was sounds expensive. And honestly it wasn't, but regardless, that was her response. The next day she is calling us and nothing works. The server it's clicking, nothing's running, blah, 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 blah. 
what do I have to do to get it back? And we're like, well, I mean, if you had backup this, you know, we'd be, we'd be solid by tomorrow and there wouldn't be any trace of anything happening. But now that you've decided that this wasn't important, hindsight 2020, $10,000 data recovery that wasn't able to get everything back. And they were down for like a week while this was going on. And it's just like, was, was it worth it even, but you know, for, she could make the argument. I'd been with you for months before that never needed it. So look at this money I save, but you know, penny wise pound foolish that amount of money that literally we could have clicked a button and she would have been back and just however long that it took to recover it. So I think you're absolutely right that people severely underestimate how much pain and headache goes into these things. And people are, you know, we're usually willing to spend money on something we want that we don't have or something that we currently have that we don't want. And we want to pay to get rid of those and get us back to equilibrium. So the proactive approach that is the intelligent choice that keeps you there without the high highs, low lows, most people aren't willing to keep the status quo when it already exists. And But not going through that pain and that headache and for us, it was the learning lesson too, that we can't do business with anyone that doesn't have backup. It's, you know, because even though we told her this was probably going to happen and you don't know when hard drive failure is going to happen, but it's, it was inevitably going to happen sometime in the near future. And, um, it became our fault and our problem. And I guess you could argue we didn't, stress how terrible it was going to be when this happened and it was this is going to happen and here's the price as opposed to you're going to be so furious when this happens and so for us it was the learning lesson you know we don't want to be in that situation again even though it wasn't our fault that it died and that it broke and that she elected to not get it it still became our problem and so for us it's making our clients' lives easier, smoother. So, you know, circling back around, when these things happen and you need these these products and services, it is so much worse to go through it and, well, at least we had insurance versus not going through it and your gripe being, I paid for this and I don't need it. Like I can promise you, way better to be on the latter side than the former. Yeah, you know, I'll say that um, the process following some type of cyber event, I will say, right, whether that's ransomware, some sort of social engineering cybercrime event, or just a full data breach, it's a lot more complicated than people would imagine. Um, hence why I just recommend everybody have at least a fundamental breach response plan of some degree, uh, ideally printed on paper because I've run into that problem before with another one of my clients. That's a good where, point. I didn't yeah. think about that. If it's on your computer, you get ransomware. You don't yeah, have it. Sounds, <laughs> it sounds dumb, but we've been there before. We we print them because I'm pretty sure it's a requirement somewhere in the 250 mm -hmm. pages virus. I, I apologize, but I never even, that never yeah, even yeah, occurred to me. It sounds simple, right? But it's always, you know, a lot of it's just what we see on our end in terms of breaches 
you know, I'm a giant nerd. I love technology. Um, I actually also love insurance. Just don't tell my wife because she'll uh, think I'm crazy. But, you know, people just don't do the fundamentals right. So, yeah, we do see very limited cases, you know, for the accounting profession of, you know, advanced persistent threats, uh, distributed denial of service attacks, like someone's got an ax to grind, some very specific insider threat. Like we do see that stuff occasionally, but a lot of it is firms, they just messed up the basics. Like they didn't have backups. They didn't have multiple backups. Um, they didn't have like some sort of computer use policy. So like people just didn't know what they were or were not allowed to do. Um, they refused to buy antivirus, not joking on that one. Uh, they thought it was a scam. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so it's, you know, yeah, a lot of it is, you know, I, I found that a lot of firms, um, you know, just at least for our client base, like over the last five years, right, as I'm trying to talk to them more and more about cybersecurity and cyber insurance and the interplay with E&O insurance, because we do that as well for them, um, a lot of them, are, they're very hesitant to kind of start down that path because it just seems like this overwhelming body of knowledge, right? But at the end of the day, you know, it's like that CPA firm, those partners, they don't have to be cybersecurity experts. They don't have to be, you know, forensics experts or breach response experts. Um, they just need to know kind of what the fundamentals are, right? And understand that, you know, generally that basic stuff, I mean, that's going to go a really long way and it's not super expensive. It's not unduly expensive. Um, and the amount of investment you're going to put into cybersecurity for all those fundamental controls will just pay huge dividends on the back end, huge dividends. So, you know, if you have PII on laptops and you're not encrypting those laptops, it's just an example, right? It's not, that wouldn't be super expensive to do. Um, if you lose that laptop with PII, right? And I've dealt with this and I get the phone call, was that laptop encrypted? No. All right, well, get ready because we may now have to notify all of your clients because it's going to be really hard to figure out what's on that laptop, right? Because it wasn't encrypted. So we're going to have to start from worst case scenario and hope to God we can work our way back from there, right? As opposed to, hey, it was encrypted. Let's do a risk of harm analysis. Let's talk to the attorney, right? The forensics. We'll bring in the MSP or the IT guy, right? Validate it was encrypted. And then hopefully not notify anybody. So it's just one of those things where, you know, really kind of simple measures, um, they really go a long way. And I, I would just hope that people get those basic controls in place, right? Whether it's, you know, they're operating off of like NIST CSF because they're fairly sophisticated or they just read through the CIS 20 and they're like, okay, I, I generally understand what this stuff is. Um, I think that would pay huge dividends. And it's something where, you know, these laws are only going to get more complicated in the future. Cybersecurity is only going to get more specific and more fragmented in the future. So there's no time like now to talk to your MSP, talk to your IT guy, um, and really kind of figure out, okay, what is something that we should be doing that we're not doing, right? Like what's that next bump in security that would make a lot of sense to keep our firm safer? And that would, that'd be huge. And the, the clients that we have that have that proactive mindset, the, the relationship on the tech to accountant side, it's so much easier and smoother. Mm -hmm. And 
they're not looking at it as look at this liability that we don't need. But here we haven't run into all these problems and it continues to be that way. But I think people just in general, you know, it's like, when do I start exercising? It's like after that heart attack, I really got into like health and wellness, but Mm -hmm. you know, there's also ways to prevent it from happening to begin with. So taking, taking that next step, do you think there's any sort of milestone or maybe employee number that you have hired where looking into these things makes more sense? Or is this across the board? Everybody should jump in and do this. Obviously, you know, on the sales side, we want everybody, but is there something kind of like, are you a point to once you're at the five person mark, these things are increasingly important or once you have X number of clients, is there anywhere where you would say, if you haven't looked at this, it's more important than ever? Oh, that'd be hard to say because, you know, uh, even I, with my background, like I do security awareness training. Uh, As far as I'm aware, there's no legal requirement that I do that, but I'm still doing it because I still learn stuff every single day, right? And I'm the guy that gets to see all the breaches happening. uh, That's probably like way too obsessive about reading all the latest research papers and like diving into it. Uh, You know, so I think like, even when you start out, there's just some basic things you got to do, like security awareness training. Uh, dark web monitoring, I think is a good idea. Uh, having appropriate backups is a great idea. A even something that's free. Idea. Yeah. Even something that's free, like, you know, getting rid of stuff you don't need anymore. Right. Once it's past that, that statute date. So we'll say roughly seven years, not that I'm giving legal advice here. Um, depends on the state and kind of what you're holding, but if you could just get rid of that stuff, I mean, hell that's free right? And that's, that's going to lower the cost of a breach on the back end. Um, so all those fundamental cybersecurity controls, password managers, um, not using your work computer for personal things. I think all that stuff literally from sole proprietor up to the big four accounting firms, it's all a good idea, right? It's, it's all a worthy investment to do that. And I will say to kind of like dispel some myths here, um, about cyber insurance. So yes, I'm a cyber insurance guy. Yes, I'm an E&O guy. I work with a ton of accounting firms, but there's certain things that like cyber insurance just can't do. Um, and I actually made a video on my YouTube channel and people can go look this up. They just uh, YouTube my name and it'll pop up. Uh, so for example, like why would backups be a great idea if you have appropriate cyber insurance, right? That would cover you know, data restoration and paying the ransom and blah, blah, blah. Uh, well, here's a great example. One, if you don't have anything to back up to, that's going to be a really painful process. You're going to be down for a lot longer. Two, you know, that cyber policy, if they just can't recover some of those files because they've, they've been corrupted, they've been destroyed, whatever the case may be, you're just not getting those back. And that could be a big problem if you're an accounting firm, because obviously you're a regulated entity. And if you don't have that material, maybe you have to go back and recreate that material. They're not going to, they're not going to pay you to recreate that. And two, um, it might actually be illegal in some circumstances to even pay the ransom, right? So my industry has done a very terrible job and I've been trying for a very long time 
to correct this, but there are some things that cyber insurance cannot and will not do. So for example, if you get hit by somebody who's on the OFAC sanctions list, right? And that's where the forensics comes in. They see uh, what that particular strain of malware is, right? That's all on the insurance side. You may get the unfortunate note of, hey, um, we can't legally pay this ransom. Now, yeah, you could go to the Department of Treasury and try and request a waiver, but uh, good luck. They said that the presumption is no, right? So unless you're like Garmin or, you know, top 16 accounting firm, like, dude, you're no, it's just not going to happen. So in that case, like, yeah, you had insurance for this, but that doesn't mean that they're legally even allowed to pay the ransom. And do you want to get put on the OFAC sanctions list? Like those violators, like that's not good marketing. I promise you that's going to end up in accounting today. I'm on a very, right? very exclusive list. <laughs> Precisely. So it's, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, just having like three, two, one backup strategy, like, yeah, you know, it costs a little bit more every month. Like, I get it. None of us are made of money. But with that, I mean, that's a that's a perfect example of, hey, you don't have those backups. Like, one, it's super painful, nay impossible to get you back up to where you were before the breach. And two, if you can't pay that ransom, you better hope to God you have those backups because now, now you got a big, big problem. Yeah, the, the backup parachute analogy, I think, is fairly fitting where it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, well, I don't want to have all this extra weight on me. And it's like, I mean, yes, it's extra weight, but when you are falling to your death and the primary parachute that you have put all of your eggs in doesn't work, do you think you're going to be sitting there thinking, not having a parachute, a backup parachute, I'd do it again. You know, it's <laughs> like, no, no regrets. I'm, I made the right choice. And it's so mm -hmm. prevalent too. It's not like these are, well, if you watch science fiction and, you know, if, if you've really looked into how possible it is that T2 could happen, then, mm -hmm. you know, or like all the things that happen in Mr. Robot, it's like how, how realistic is all this stuff? And that, you know, I just prefer to turn a blind eye to it. These things are in the news every single day. There's mm -hmm. someone getting hit and like big companies too. And the fact that people still think, and this is just like one of those misconceptions that a lot of people have. Well, I'm small. They wouldn't target me. And it's like, if, you're, if your email is on an email list, you think they would go through and deselect you because you wouldn't, like, it's, it's absurd to think that they wouldn't target when it's a mass attack. Okay, maybe they won't spearfish the, the small firms because there wouldn't be as big of a payout. But, you know, gigantic companies big four companies have had data mm -hmm. breaches and it's like, do you really think they forgot to install Norton? Although, like you said, there are cases where we choose not to have antivirus because we're, you know, I, I, <laughs> I read one article one time that said that it's dead and, and pointless and, you know, yeah. okay. You, well, you know, I like to tell people, cause I ran into this a few years ago um, before, all of our firms now have cyber insurance because we were just so adamant. We're like, hey, it's so affordable. Um, at least it was back then, right? Like now, obviously, the price is ramping up because everyone's getting breached. But, um, you know, I was like, 
yeah, you see the big companies in the news, but like, let's say I'm a bad guy, right? And I want to go steal money or gold. Am I going to go attack Fort Knox? Like, no, I'm going to get shot in the face with a tank. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go hit like 20 small credit unions. That, I mean, that's way easier because maybe there's like one security guard, right? Who's like, you know, some like 80 year old guy or whatever. Um, that's going to be way easier for me. And, you know, robbery movie. Yeah. And, and part of this is, you know, a lot of firms, they've never had. Now, yes, I have a master's in cybersecurity law. But I do not give legal advice. I am just the insurance guy. Um, but what I do is I try and point out, hey, here's some of the laws that you may actually fall under that you just don't know about. And one thing that really has shocked every single firm, every managing partner I've spoken to, big firm down to small firm, everything in between, the cybersecurity like breach notification law, right? It doesn't matter where your business is. Like I don't care where your firm's located. It's meaningless. It's where your clients are residents of. That is a major distinction. So just because you're a accounting firm in Virginia or you're a large accounting firm in Pennsylvania or whatever, that doesn't mean that New York can't come after you. That doesn't mean that Massachusetts can't come after you. doesn't mean that California can't come after you. And if you even have one Massachusetts client, 201 CMR 17, and what, what these firms don't realize is, so it's where your, fir- where your clients are residents of, that's the breach notification law that you have to adhere to. And within those laws, depending upon what state it is, there's th- certain thresholds where you now have to notify, it could be one person that gets breached in that state, it could be 500 or whatever. There's a whole list of people you have to notify within that state, which probably includes someone in the attorney general's office. So like, yeah, we've had a small firm in Virginia that got breached. And by the way, now the attorney general of Massachusetts is knocking on their door and they're going, Hey, where's that written information security plan, right? Let show us evidence that you've reviewed this, that you've taken it seriously. Let's talk about all the controls in 201 CMR 17 that are mandated. Like there's a list of about 17 things prove to us you're doing this. And I mean, that's, that's a bad position for firms to be in, right? Like you, you don't just like make up a security plan on the weekend and then send it to an attorney general, right? Like that's not the position you want to be in, <laughs> which is why um, this book right here. So this is open before crisis, cyber insurance for CPA firms. Uh, people can go to my website, www.cplbrokers.com forward slash book one, uh, one being the number. And with that, they can just start reading through all this themselves and hopefully it gives them a really good basis uh, to start trying to figure out, hey, what are some of those laws that they may reasonably fall under? And then they can go out, they can go specifically to a qualified attorney in this area and really start trying to hash out, okay, you know, maybe some of the things that our MSP has been saying, like, this is a really good idea. Well, that's a different conversation now because, hey, that may be legally required that you be doing this plus a whole bunch of other things. So once again, that's a bear you don't want to poke. Yeah. And we see that so often where when companies are changing their service providers to us, or they've been informed of, you should get uh, drive encryption and it costs X to do. And they're like, I'm not really you know, interested in spending that money, but you're actually required. And 
we discussed, you know, the more you learn, the more you realize that there's just such a gigantic world out there. And a lot of things that most IT firms, you know, they would consider hard drive encryption is a best practice, but come on, how often do we deal with a stolen laptop that has PII on it? Well, one time is a very uh, bad amount of times for it to happen. But when you haven't, when you haven't seen it, but you do see the consequence where we put it on their computer and they lost the decryption key. And now we've got to go through all this headache and it's just easier to not do it to begin with. And there won't be a consequence. We see that a whole lot. And, you know, we, we deal with the tickets that come in where it's like, I'm locked out of my computer and it's, and I need my recovery key and we have it. And, you know, we've, unfortunately been in the spot where we didn't have it. So now we have much better documentation, assuming that someone's going to lose something and we're going to have to be able to recover it. But these are things that if you're just not privy to it and why, if you have a generalist, you know, 99%, it's a lot of times when we come in and are replacing other companies from an IT strictly perspective, they're doing a great job. They know what they're doing. They set up the server with these particular things that are very smart. I see what they did here. Very, very intelligent. But then we just look at things like publication 4557 and we're missing like seven of the 20 some checkboxes. And it's like, why don't we have two-factor authentication on everything that handles personal information? Why did you decide not to do VPN? I get on the tech side, if it's hardwired and we're not doing site to site, like I, I understand both sides of it. But when you've got things that are laid out for you where this needs to be done, this needs to be done, this needs to be done. It's, it's always better to just have the right protection to begin with and make sure that you're not in the spot. Like the last thing you want to deal with on top of all the headaches that come with being a business owner, the last thing you want to deal with is apologizing that you could have done something about this and your clients aren't going to empathize. Oh, it was how much money to stop this from happening. And now my social security number is on the dark web. Like I can Google my social security number and the, my name is attached to it now, you know, all the giant problems. And these aren't just scare tactics. These are just things that have happened. And as you said, it's just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. And Joe, I want to be respectful of your time. I, I think we had decided before the show that that we could probably go for about three hours. Like it's something sure, sure. clearly you're so passionate about. Where can people uh, learn more about you and your firm and give the links again for the books? Sure. So uh, cplbrokers.com forward slash book one, if you want to get open before crisis. So 400 some odd pages of everything you ever wanted to know about cyber insurance and compliance for CPA firms. And then if people just shoot me an email, I also have another book called True Course. And this is all about uh, CPA practice insurance. So everything you ever want to know about E&O insurance, if you have a wealth management component, excess insurance, uh, what a potential claim is, why that's a really big deal, you know it, so you don't get denied coverage, the most common reason there. Uh, so they can cplbrokers.com. Uh, they can also just YouTube my name, Joseph Brunsman. I have about a new video a week where I talk about various cyber insurance, cybersecurity law, and cybersecurity topics. 
I put that out. And let's see, they can also just Google my name and all of this stuff will probably pop up in there. Um, and with that, you know, I would just say that, you know, as, as the industry evolves and as kind of the world evolves, probably the, my closing point would be, uh, one, make sure you have the right cyber insurance, uh, because it is a lot more technical than you think. And the average insurance guy is like 59 and a half, 60 years old. So you have to make sure you got the right thing. Make sure you have the right ENO insurance. Cause that's going to play a part, uh, actually following a breach. And then, you know, really start understanding that because of the pandemic, a lot of these states are really facing some serious budget shortfalls. And with that, I think we're already starting to see following a data breach, these attorney generals looking at the cybersecurity laws as a funding mechanism for their office and for their state. So if firms haven't already, now is the time to really get into this. And last point I would say is, you know, for the, for the partners out there that are listening to this, just kind of understand the difference between IT and cybersecurity, right? So IT makes things easier to get to. Cybersecurity makes things harder to get to, right? So there's constantly kind of this like push-pull between the two. And so as the world gets more complicated, as we get more laws on the books, I really think it's only a matter of time until every firm unless they're sizable enough, you know, say 25 million in revenue plus maybe, where they can have that in-house fully dedicated IT plus cybersecurity expertise, they're just going to have to go to an MSP because they're not going to be able to hire, you know, at a reasonable rate, any sort of cybersecurity expertise inside their own firm because there's just not enough of those guys out there, right? Like they can go work for anybody else for probably 10 times, which you can afford to pay them. So kind of start looking at, okay, where do we want our firm to be in the next couple of years? You know, how do we start approaching cybersecurity? How do we start approaching data security? Um, and just take it a bite at a time. And I promise it's not as bad as it looks. Yes, it is. It is the worst. He's lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Joe, thank you so much for being on the show. And and to anyone who's listening at Rush Tech, we do offer complimentary IT audits. So you can find out whether or not your data is secured and whether or not you are in compliance with a whole lot of the higher level things that we talked about. Obviously, this stuff gets so, so, so granular, but there's some very, very high level things that anybody can do to, to secure their firm. And we offer complimentary audits, give you a gap analysis and let you know uh, what we'd recommend to better help your clients and get some more sleep at night. So Joe, thank you so much for being on the Tech Talk for Accountant Show and we'll keep in touch. Hey, thanks for having me, Andrew. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Tech Talk for Accountants show. Be sure to subscribe if you like the show. And remember, if you would like a complimentary IT audit of your business, go to rushtech.online slash podcast to schedule a time with a certified technician who can look over your current IT systems and make recommendations on how to make sure you and your clients are safe.